Hello, and welcome to the Coastal Church Audio Podcast. In this weekly podcast, you'll be inspired and equipped with the power of God's Word to live an overcoming life. In this week's teaching, we will learn about trust and the importance of how it works in relationships. And now, for this week's message. Our God never, never takes his eyes off of us. If you were here last week, we talked about Peter, how he was stepped out of the boat, was walking on water. He had his eyes on the Lord, and he trusted him. And then he got his eyes off the Lord. He began to sink. And he, in desperation, he reached out and said, Lord, save me. And the Lord reached out and grabbed him and lifted him up. And even though he had taken his eyes off the Lord, the Lord never took his eyes off of Peter. And the Lord never takes his eyes off of you. Sometimes in life, we have people who disappoint us and hurt us, and we trust has been broken. But you can always trust your Father. He never leaves you. He never forsakes you. And as Cheryl shared earlier, yes, thank God for that. Some of you are clapping, and that's good. We're honoring Him. It says in the Scriptures that nothing can separate us, neither death nor life, height, depth, angels. Nothing can separate us from our Father's love. And when we turn to him, he reaches out to us to restore us, to heal us. And he is so trustworthy. Next week, our message is all about trusting a God that we can't see. And we'll talk more about that next week. I hope you're back for that. Catch all the messages throughout the month of September as we talk about Trust Me. That's our theme. We're coming off a series called Devoted to Purpose. This month we're talking all about trust. Trust is huge, folks. It's really, really important. It's important to our relationship with God, and it's important with our relationship with other people. Everything we do really is based on trust. Trust is your foundation. Trust is your bedrock of relationships. And if it's strong, if it's solid, you know what? We're going to find our relationships sweet and pleasing. There's a verse that says, without faith or without trust, it's impossible to please God. That also works with relationships. If there is not trust in relationships, if there's the opposite, distrust, those relationships are displeasing. But if there's trust, that relationship is pleasing. So this month, we're talking about how trust works, how to... Uh, incorporate trust into your relationships, how to trust God. Very important series. I hope you're able to make it for all of them. In our message today, if you have your notes, you can go to them. I want to mention just as we get into it that trust is studied a lot, more than I realized. There are literally companies, all they do is study trust, trust factors in countries, trust factors in different nations. And you'd be glad to know that Canada, we're not the most trustworthy country, apparently, but we're, we're up there. We're pretty good. The number one nation that has the highest trust factor, that they trust other people, is, is Denmark. And then at the bottom of the list is Turkey. So if you're from Turkey today, please, no offense, we, we trust you, but it just happens to be at the bottom of the list. But number one is and Netherlands are way up there. The other Scandinavian countries, they tend to rank very high as trusting others. Four decades ago, there was a survey done, and they found that in Great Britain, when they surveyed, they found that there was a trust factor of 60%. 60% of the population believed other people could be trusted. Today, it stands at 29%. That's not uncommon. A lot of countries, it's actually dropped. We're less trusting of other people. What we want to do in this series is learn how to trust and how we can be more trustworthy. It's really important as we go through life. Because as I mentioned, trust is a foundation of relationships. And that's your first point if you're following along in the notes. Our verse is Hebrews chapter 10, verses 38 
to chapter 11, verse 1, where we read, But anyone who is right with me thrives on loyal trust. If he cuts and runs, I won't be very happy. Another translation puts it this way, that if we have faith in God, it's very pleasing. But if we shrink back from trusting him, God says, I have no pleasure in that. And let me give you an example today to, to work this out. I think we've used it in the past, but it's good to use it again. If I'd said to Matt here, you know, Matt, can you bring up or take this podium and put it away after the message. And Matt would say, yeah, I can gladly do that. And then, well, Matt's still sitting there. I go over and I maybe say to Dan, Dan, you know what? Um, uh, just in case Matt doesn't get that done or doesn't do a very good job, can you make sure that that gets done? And Dan says, yeah, okay, I can do that. How does Matt feel? Matt feels like, oh, he didn't trust me. Why even bother asking me? Now, does that action, does that draw him to me or does he shrink back from me because I didn't really trust him? It shrinks back. That's the principle of trust. Trust doesn't have plan B. Trust is, I trust you. If I was to fall back into somebody's arms, then I have to just surrender. I have to let go. I have to trust. Trust can be very vulnerable, can't it? Some of you have trusted people and there's been pain and hurt because you found that trust was broken. We're going to have a entire message on how to heal broken trust. Our Lord is a healer of broken hearts. He came to be the repairer of the breach. It's hard, it's difficult, it's work, but God can restore when trust has been broken. I need to say at the outset of the message that we're all broken people. The Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That includes you and me. Every one of us, we've messed up, we've all sinned. There is not a perfect person. And so we, as we go into learning to trust others, please understand that we, none of us are perfect, that we've all, that doesn't mean we don't strive to do things right, that we shouldn't be improving and learning how to be more trustworthy. But we need to say at the outset that uh, sometimes actually we just need to get a more realistic expectation of others. And that doesn't mean we can't have boundaries, etc. But we need to understand that. So trust is the foundation of relationships. Verse 39 says, but we're not quitters who lose out. Oh, no, we'll stay with it and survive trusting all the way. The fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith, is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. Again, trust is foundational in your relationship with God, but it's also the bedrock in your relationship with others. Trust is the source of our reputation. There's a verse, Proverbs chapter 22, verse 1 says, A sterling reputation is better than striking it rich. A gracious spirit is better than money in the bank. Another translation says, A good name is to be desired more than riches. It's great to have a good name and, and a trusted name. That's worth more than money in the bank. Actually, today, the business world tells you that the currency of the day is trust. And they, they really work hard to have a, a trusted reputation in the business world. Because if people don't trust your brand, if they don't trust you in today's world, it's pretty quick to find out. There's a book that was out a few years ago called The World is Flat. It doesn't take long, and it can go viral very quickly. It's found out, and uh, it, we're living in a time where trust is so important in our relationships, but also in the business world, in our community. Politicians will tell you it's so important to try to build build trust. 
Canadians, we were not so trustworthy of our politicians in the survey that was done. About 50-some percent of us would say, I trust our government, but when it comes to trusting the actual politician, it's really low. I read this week in the paper that Justin Trudeau, who's in the Liberal Party, and he's trying to improve their, their ranking, the ratings, all the rest of it. And so he, he said, you know what? Yes, three years ago as an MP, I smoked marijuana. I want to be transparent. I want to be out there. I want you Canadians to trust me. His whole push is, please trust me. And they know that their party success is based on trust. It's, via, it's important to them. It's important in the business world. It's important in our relationship. Trust is huge. It's a currency. It's, it's so vital. It oils our relationship. It's foundational to our relationship. And actually, you know what? You and I have an inside track. We have an inside track. You say, why is that? Because we've got God's word. This is the best manual on the principles of trust. God is a God of faith. He's a God of trust. And these principles of faith and trust, they work with our walk with God, but they also translate into how we relate to other people. So as we go through this month, I think you're going to find it very helpful in your relationships. There's a French proverb, and I can't give a direct translation, but it goes something like this. The fish is the last thing to discover water. They think, well, the fish should be the first thing to discover water. But because it's born into water, it doesn't really realize it's in water. And then some fisherman comes along, pulls it out of the water. Oh, my goodness, I'm missing the water. That was water I was in. That's really important to my life. I wish I could go back into the water. Or the water's polluted. And go, oh, I had this beautiful water. What happened to it? That's kind of the way trust works. We can take it for granted. It's there. It's in our home. It's in our business or whatever. But when it's broken or when it's gone, we really recognize something's wrong with this picture. So again, it's vital in relationships, and it's a source of our reputation. There's a company called Harris Interactive, and they do something called the Reputation Quotient Survey. And they survey companies, top 200 U.S. companies, and they survey them to find out which is the best company, and it's One of the primary measurements is trust. They measure trust. They talk to the consumers, et cetera, and it's about do we trust this company. So this is a little quiz for you this afternoon, church. I'm going to put up a screen of these 10 companies, the 10 most trusted companies, and then also two that were on the bottom. And so we're going to have a little fun with this. Who can tell me, who can guess which is the most trusted company of those that are up there. These are the top 10 plus there's two of the bottom five. Can anybody guess which is the top most trusted company? Apple. Very good. Close. Top five. Amazon right here. You're the quickest to get it. Amazon is the most trusted. How many were surprised by that? Yeah, I was surprised by that, but they're doing very well. I thought it might have been Apple. Or I thought it, Johnson & Johnson, been around for a long time. But Amazon today, uh, previous years it's been Google or Apple, but this year happens to be Amazon. And uh, can anybody guess which would be in the bottom, which didn't make the top 10? Coca-Cola's in the top 10. Google's in the top 10. Apple's in the top 10. AIG, yes. Anybody guess the other one? American Airlines, yes. So those are two that were in, didn't make the top 10. But can you see really quick that that brand, that story, these companies all work really hard. They want your trust. Trust is bedrock for them. Trust is currency. If trust is ruined, it goes sideways really quick. Same thing in our life. It's foundational. It is our reputation. 
And as we read here again, a good name is to be desired more than making riches. Trust operates on love. Our next point, Galatians 5 verse 6 says, but what matters is faith or trust that expresses itself through love. Another verse translation is this way, that faith works by love or trust operates by love. And it's the same thing as we learn to trust people. Love has to be that operating system in the background that's making it happen. If I took a verse out of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it's a great love chapter. And I'll do this for the ladies today. So we have a numerous times prayed for young women or men Likewise, to you know, I want to find the right spouse for my life. How can I trust him, or how can I trust her? And we're and we're praying for people like that. And so, ladies, I'll, I'll choose you today. What if I put a guy's name into this chapter? So it's First Corinthians chapter thirteen, and we're, the word is love. I'm going to put a guy's name. Let's call him John. And then after I read this, I want you just to listen carefully. And then after I read this, you try, tell me whether or not you would want to trust this individual. So this describes him. John is patient and kind. John's not jealous. John doesn't brag. John's not proud. John's not rude, and he's not selfish, and he cannot be made angry easily. John doesn't remember wrongs done against him. John's never happy when others do wrong, but he's always happy with the truth. John never gives up on people. He never stops trusting. He never loses hope, and John never quits. Would you trust a guy like that? Always, yeah. Can you please introduce me? (laughs) All the single ladies. Because love is what fuels trust, is what gives us trust. And if we have that working, of course, we find ourselves to be trustworthy. In keeping with that, you have to trust yourself before you can trust others. Because you first must love yourself. Remember what... We find this verse in Romans, the Lord said this, it's repeated a number of times in Scripture. What commandment sums up all the commandments? Love your neighbor as you love yourself. But if I don't love myself, guess what? I don't love my neighbor. And loving is trusting. So stick with me for a little bit here. If you don't trust yourself, you don't trust others. If you trust yourself... You build an aroma of trust around you. You can do a job interview for people and they come there and you, they can have the same credentials, but you say, there's just something about that person. I, I think I trust them. They seep trust. They ooze trust. They, they inspire trust. Do you know that inspiring trust is so key that if you wanted to go to Harvard Business School and you need letters of recommendation... In that form, they send your reference. They ask the question, does this individual inspire trust? And you have to comment on their character, whether or not they inspire trust. It's a deciding factor for you to get into Harvard Business School. That's how important it is to them. And I think God has even a greater importance for us that we inspire trust. Well, how do I inspire trust? Now, this might be a little hard to take, But it's the kind of medicine that we need. If we don't trust ourselves, we will not inspire trust. If we don't keep the commitments we make to ourselves, it seeps out and we find ourselves not trusting others and others not trusting us. 
If you make a commitment, for example, to, to read the Bible once a day, or you make a commitment to prayer, you make a commitment to, to be at your work on time, you make a com- what, what commitments you're making? And if you say, oh, you know, it doesn't really matter. It does matter. It comes through. And if you don't keep the commitments to yourself, it's saying that you don't value yourself. You don't have a great appreciation of the value that God placed on your life. If I had a meeting with, let's say, the mayor called and said, uh, Dave, could you meet me this week? There's something I want to talk to you about. I said, well, that's a fairly important meeting. I, sh- I value it. I should probably make sure that I get there and I make sure I was there early because I valued that appointment. I wouldn't want to miss that commitment. But maybe I made a commitment to myself to do something. Oh, it's just me. It doesn't matter. No, I have not recognized the value that God places on my life. How valuable are you? Here's your value. More than all the gold in Fort Knox, more than all the silver, you were paid, there's a ransom on your life. And the ransom was this. It was not gold, not silver, not all the diamonds out of Tiffany. The ransom price was the most precious substance on the planet. Not platinum, not gold, not any precious metal, or diamond, or rock, or anything. The substance was the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because in that substance, everything else on the planet is tainted by sin, but there was no sin in him. And it took that precious substance to pay your ransom. So what is your value? That's your value. And when that, when that sinks into our heart, wow, this is my value, my worth, then I should love myself, not in an arrogant way, not in a weird way, but I make those commitments. I trust, I have, starts with self-trust. And it goes out in concentric circles. Then it affects my marriage or my family, my friendships, my business. If you're in business from there, it affects your customers from there. It can eventually, if you have a trusted brand, it can even affect society. But it starts with that inner self. And thank God we have a good God who works with us on that area of our life. Now, when we make commitments, make sure we make commitments we can keep. Don't be too impulsive because that will erode your sense of confidence. Well, I did something that was kind of crazy one time. We were believing to get into this building to sign the deal for it, and there was a lot of work to be done, and, and it looked like we could do it in a month. And so I made a commitment. I said, I'm not going to drink anything but water until the deal gets signed. Now, I like coffee, so that, that was, it was a sacrifice. You know, when you, when you, if you don't drink, if you drink coffee and you don't drink coffee, kind of the first couple of days are a little bit crazy. And uh, so it was like that. And, and then the, the month went by and it, it got stretched to two months. Then it got stretched to three months. I mean, why did I ever make that commitment? And I, I knew every type of water, Perrier water, and I, I buy all the different kinds of sparkling waters. No lemon or lime, and just waters. I like the... I could, just, I could tell the difference. It was just waters. And so it was eight months of drinking just water. But it was, I, I did it kind of impulsively, but I had to keep that commitment. And if you make commitment, trust yourself, you'll be more trustworthy. Don't make commitments too impulsively. Treat the commitments to yourself with as much respect as you do to the commitments you make to others. And when the going gets rough on the choices you've made, you have two, 
you, when the going gets rough, really have two choices. Change your behavior to match your commitment or lower your values to match your behavior. I suggest the first one. Trust is a risk. Proverbs 25, 19 says, trusting a treacherous person at a difficult time is like having a bad tooth or a wobbly foot. If you've ever had a bad toothache, you know, it just kind of gnaws at you all day long. That's what it's like when you have somebody you've trusted to do something and they, don't, they follow through on it. They, they mess up on it. And, and it's a difficult time. You really need that person to come through at that time and they don't. It just kind of gnaws away at you. And so there's a risk when we trust people, when we say, hey, can you do this, where there's an element of vulnerability. But in order to build relationships with God, with others, we have to take that risk. I'm, I'm going to go all in. I'm going to trust you with this. We could choose to be isolated, but we wouldn't have relationships. So trust, there's a risk involved with it. And if you've ever been let down, you know the risk that you're taking. But it's so worth it. And we're going to talk more about how to build healthy relationships and trust as we go along. Here's an important point, the way trust works. Trust actually speeds things up. Trust makes things go smoother and quicker and makes things cost less. Stephen Covey in his book, The Speed of Trust, he says, if you have high trust... It equals fast speed and low cost. Let me give you an example. There was a vendor in New York, and he was selling donuts and coffee. And uh, he noticed he had a problem because all the people were lining up to buy the coffee and the donuts. And they really liked it, but the lineup was getting so long that people were leaving and going somewhere else. He goes, man, I'm losing customers. What do I got to do for this? One of the bottlenecks was making change. One-man operation. Here's your coffee. Here's your donut. Okay, here's your change. And it took half the time was making change. So he says, well, I'm just going to trust them. Trust is reciprocal. When you give trust, trust comes back to you. So he just put a bucket out there with some dollars and some coins in it. He says, you guys, just make your own change. Here's your coffee, here's your donut, make your own change. He just kept serving coffee and donuts that way. His friend said, are you nuts? This is New York. You're going to get ripped off. But as he extended trust, high trust actually equaled into the lineup went through faster and actually made more money. Costs came down. He found people tipped more because they felt like they were trusted. It actually worked in his favor. We can give you other examples. The reverse of it. Think of 9-11 when trust fell low. Before 9-11, there was a short lineup at the airport. After that, you had a long lineup at the airport, and the costs went up. So that form is very simple. Trust is really important for things going smoothly in your life. Here's a verse that goes with it, Proverbs 31, 10, 11. A good husband is hard to find. A good husband, yeah. <laughs> I think my wife got here and changed the notes on me. <laughs> a good woman is hard to find, worth far more than diamonds. Her husband, there's that word husband, her husband trusts her without reserve and never has reason to regret it. Here's a guy who trusts his wife. If you read all of Proverbs 31, it says she buys a field and sells it. She's doing business. He just trusts her. And the result is production. Things go smoothly. Costs are down. Well, he trusts her with it. Now, take the reverse of that. I don't trust you with my funds. Can I see the receipt? Where'd you spend the money? What'd you do with that? What'd you do with this? It just grinds that relationship. There's a lot of friction in that relationship. We've worked with couples that have gone through, let's say, a divorce or, or even had struggles. And man, when there is low trust, everything just grinds to a halt. It didn't take months for things to get done. I don't trust him. 
Lawyers get involved, costs go up, paying for lawyers, paying for accounts. It gets super expensive. That's why trust is a currency. And if we work and learn these principles from God's word, how to build trust, how to be trustworthy, it has a dramatic effect on our personal lives and a dramatic effect even on our business world. It's huge. Companies spend millions of dollars to develop trust. And folks, we have in our lap a handbook of secrets, of revelation on how to build trust. Our God gives us insight into this. Folks, this is huge. You don't need to go to some marketing school or some branding company or some relationship seminar. It's in God's word how to build trust. This is this is good stuff. Yeah. It all comes from his word, and he gives us insight on how to do that. Trust means loyalty. Friends love through all kinds of weather, and families stick together in all kinds of trouble. Trust is not a hitchhiker friend. It's not a fair-weather friend. Trust is this, uh, this sticking through you and just being with you. Now, it takes time again to develop that friendship. It takes, or that trust. It grows over time, which is our next point. Trust grows over time. We're almost at, believe it or not, 2014 Winter Olympics. It just seems like 2010 Olympics were here, and we had the big hockey game, and we won that gold medal. I'm believing for a repeat of that. I don't know about you, but that was a highlight. I remember that day. This place was packed, and, uh, and it was crazy downtown on that day. Uh, that was one of my highlights of the 2010 Olympics. The way you guys volunteered, we had over 800 volunteers from our church alone volunteering in the Olympics. It was, it was a lot of fun when we had it here in Vancouver. And uh, this upcoming year, one of the events I'm watching for again, one of my favorite events is the blind skiers. I don't know if you saw that, but you got to watch this event. Go just pick up a YouTube clip or something on that. But he, what these guys do, now they're going 100 kilometers an hour down the mountain on two little pieces of plastic. Okay, that's what they're doing. And they got a person in front of them, and he's saying, he's got a little headphone in his, in his helmet. He's saying, turn right, turn left, bump coming up ahead. Straight stretch, turn right, turn left. And you're, all you're doing is listening. I mean, just close your eyes for a minute and just imagine yourself going down the steep slope, 100 miles an hour. Turn right, turn left, bump coming, straight stretch. Now, how many know that's, you talk about trust. That is total trust. And when you watch these guys and listen to them, they said, you know, this didn't happen overnight. We really had to build trust because I'm totally trusting the guy that when he says turn right, I don't think, yeah, I think I'll go left this time. <laughs> that's dangerous. And really, you know, that's the way our trust with God has to be. Because how many know he sees a lot more than we see? We have blinders on, and he has this view that we don't view, have. He's kind of got the helicopter view, you know, the eye in the sky type thing. And we're here, and he says, turn, we should turn. So trust is developed. Trust, of course, is also loyal. It grows over time. Um, 1 Corinthians 4.2 says, Moreover, it is essentially required of stewards that a man should be found a faithful, proving himself worthy of trust. Folks, I think that's my challenge and your challenge, that we be found faithful, that we be found trustworthy. Man, when you choose to trust over riches, when you choose a good name over what you might get in short-term gain, it pays dividends. It can pay dividends the rest of your life. So trust is important in relationship. Trust is more than words. The more someone repeats acts of trust, the more confidence you're going to have in them. Being reliable and dependable, 
not having to have somebody come check up on you. You're just trustworthy. One of my favorite examples of somebody who's not only had words that represented trust, but had actions that went along with it, is a guy by the name of Andy Roddick, a great tennis player, 2005. He's in Italy. Clay courts are playing this championship game, and the, the serve comes at him. It's match point. The serve comes at him. First serve's out. The second serve comes, and the umpire calls it out. He would win the game on that. But he looks at the clay court, and he sees that the ball was on the line a little bit, but it's in. Now, in a game that's not ruled by, you know, you know by courtesy, it's ruled by the umpire, Andy does something very surprising. He calls the umpire, and he says, no, 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 that ball's not out, it's in. And so they, he overturned the umpire's decision against himself, and he ends up losing the match. He lost the championship, but what did he gain instead? Trust. Andy Roddick gained a reputation. That man's credible. And later on, when the umpires would call something, they just trusted. His respect level in the tennis community went way up. Because it wasn't just words, there was actions to his lifestyle, and this trust was like a currency, if you like, that really affected his life. And you and I, every week, we can be making decisions like that. I think, again, it starts on the inside. You have to be very confident to do that. If he was insecure, he couldn't do that, but he was confident, and he made that decision, knowing that he might lose the match over, which he did. But he made a choice there because trust is ultimately a choice. And I choose rather to be integrous than to win this game. Boy, that can go a long ways in our business world and our relationships today. Okay, trust is more than words. But also, can I mention that trust is honesty in our words. James 5, 12 says, if you mean yes, say yes. If you mean no, say no. Do this so that you won't be condemned. Being deceptive, because sometimes we can say the truth, but we can put a spin on it. We can have a hidden agenda behind it, or we can give just partial truth. Boy, my mom got on my case one time, because I told her something, but I didn't give her the whole story. I just gave her part of the story, and later on, she found the whole story. I said, well, I told you the truth. She said, no, you didn't tell me the truth, because you knew the rest of the story, and you tricked me. You deceived me, and any time the end result is deception, it's not truth. You deceive me. Now, that's affecting my trusting you in future things. So I repented. I said, I was sorry. And I never forgot. Do you have, do you, do you have some of those lessons from mom that you just don't forget where she kind of gave you some life instructions? That was one of those moments. You know, you want to be totally honest, Dave, so people can trust you. It'll pay off in spades in life. So just be totally honest, totally trustworthy. Let me tell you a story in wrapping up here. There's a fellow by the name of John Huntsman, a very wealthy man, owned a great chemical company, and he was selling 40% of his company to Great Lakes Chemicals for $54 million. Big deal, $54 million. So he makes a deal with them, and the fellow who was the CEO of Great Lakes was a guy by the name of Emerson Campen, and Emerson made that deal with them. They shook hands. But Great Lakes, it took them about six months to get all the paperwork done. Big deal, lots of paperwork. And they finally got all, it all done. But something happened in those six to seven months. Commodities changed. 
And that company that was worth $54 million the way it was on the books, it becomes so profitable that it was now worth $250 million. So Emerson calls up John Huntsman and says, John, I'll tell you what, things have really changed. I'll split the difference with you and let's make a deal. And John says, no way. We're not going to do that. He says, well, what do you want? He says, I want $54 million. That's what we agreed to. He goes, well, that's not fair to you. He says, well, leave that up to me and my company. But I, we had a deal on $54 million, and that's what it's going to be. And so they made the deal. He sold it for $54 million. Great Lakes got a great deal. Uh, they, they made $200 million just like that. But he, he would later on say, John Huntsman say about his deal. He said, even though I could have forced Great Lakes to pay an extra $200 million for that 40% ownership stake in my company, I never had to wrestle with my conscience or to look over my shoulder. My word was my bond. Powerful stuff. You know what? People like that still do exist. And we should be some of them. Later on, interesting fact, when Emerson was preparing for his funeral, he said, here's how I want my funeral to run. He had two people to speak at his funeral. And one of the people he wanted to speak with was John Huntsman. He didn't know him very well, but he had such respect for this man's trustworthiness, he said, I want that man to speak at my funeral. $200 million or that level of trust, which do you choose? Trust is such a powerful currency. We really have to guard our hearts, build trust. Trust is very fragile. It can be broken. It's difficult to restore. And it's kind of like Humpty Dumpty. Remember Humpty Dumpty? Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses, all the king's men couldn't be Humpty Dumpty back together again. You can put trust. Trust can be restored, but it is difficult. It's fragile. It's kind of like a china glass. When it breaks, it, you don't just partially break. You, when trust is broken, it's broken. Can it be restored? Absolutely. And again, we'll talk about that in one of our sessions. Thank you so much for listening to the Coastal Church Audio Podcast. We hope that today's message has inspired you to live a life fully devoted to following Christ. Be sure to check out our website for other ways to watch, listen, or share this message. For more information, go to coastalchurch.org.